Give them another round of applause. I have the Musgraves to thank for how wonderful the youth music sounds. They do an incredible job. Of course, we have Wilson Metter helping out as well as Ryan Robinson, and they just do a phenomenal job, and I'm so thankful for all the many volunteers I have back in youth. It is amazing, and the ministry could not go on unless I had them back there. We have quite a few. We have the Musgraves. We have the Metters. We have Andy Miller. He's back there. He's always willing to do whatever needs to be done. He broke a water pipe one morning in youth. I didn't ask him to do that, but it just happened. (laughs) You have dodgeball accidents sometimes when you're in youth, so that's what happened that one morning. It's exciting in youth. How many of your Sunday school classes had the room flooded? (laughs) No. No. All right. Um, In case you haven't caught on, this morning is Youth Sunday. So if you thought that all of our singers and musicians seemed a little young, well, the adults are young at heart, and our singers are actually young, and I'm youngish. I still feel. Um, So they say if you if you can't grow up and you can't mature, youth ministry is for you. So I agree. (laughs) Wholeheartedly, that's not a lie. All right, um, this morning, the sermon is it's not going to, you're probably not going to walk away with, with something new revealed to you. Like, oh, I never knew that. Or, but, but my prayer and my hope is that you will walk away and, and the sermon will bring some things that maybe slip to the back of your mind, back to the forefront of your mind. So if you would, go to, your, um, go to Exodus chapter 17. And we have verse 9 on there marked, but um, I'm going to read verse 1 there. The children of Israel at this point are traveling through the wilderness. And in verse 1 there, it says, All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. So they're passing through this, this wilderness, the wilderness of sin, and I don't think it's called that by coincidence, but as they're passing through here, they begin getting really grouchy. And it's, it's kind of, if you can imagine your worst road trip or your worst vacation that you've ever taken, multiply that by several times and this is what's going on here because it's more than just a family it's not you know your little brother or sister he's touching me or he's on my side I mean this is a whole nation of people traveling together they got all their stuff they got their livestock going with them and they're moving and you know you can just imagine the gripes that are going on there I've stepped in his his animal stuff for the last time I'm going to say something I'm mad and then to make things worse, and most of you can identify with this when you're on a road trip, that you, there's always that one person that has to go to the bathroom or that's insanely thirsty, like they haven't tasted water in a month, and they let you know that. They're, they're making sure that you're well aware of that. Oh, I'm so thirsty. So that's what's going on with these guys. They're, they're traveling through the wilderness of sin, and they start getting real crabby about being thirsty. God's not going to water us. He's not going to give us anything. He brought us out of Egypt to let us dry out and die in this wilderness. And it just make it entirely 
miserable for him. So Moses, being the good leader that he is, he goes to God and he's given instruction. God tells him, here, I want you to go to this place at this time and I want you to strike this rock and this rock is going to let forth water and it'll water the people. So he he goes there and he, and he does that. He does exactly as he's told. And of course, the, wa- the rock produces the water and it comes out and, and the people, the nation are watered because of it. Now, after that, he names it, he names the place Massa and Meribah because the people were on their worst behavior there. That is, that is how he remembers that place. And, and I think a lot of us will do this at different times. We have certain restaurants where the service was so awful Forget what's on the menu now, but we just remember that one time that the service was so awful and we're like, no, I can't, it's not Applebee's anymore. It's that place that, you know, I got really sick after I ate that chicken sandwich. Um, for me, this place is, uh, is Kroger's. And <laughs> Molly knows this because of the other night we were out shopping and, and buying some supplies for the fall festival. And we had to get the car, the car cart. If you don't know what that is, you don't have children young enough. <laughs> but it's a special cart. It's not as big. I don't know who designed that. It should be just as big as the other carts, but it's shorter. And then it has a plastic car on the front. And my kids have, you tell them to find their toy or to find their shoes, they cannot find it, but they can find the car cart in Kroger's anywhere. They know as soon as we get there in the parking lot where it's at. It's in the corner by the dairies. <laughs> um, so we're in there and we're shopping. And I have a second cart because that's just, anytime you're doing something for the church, you have to have a second cart. The car cart's not going to cut it. And I hear this scream, just this, ah! And I look over and I see Liam like this, bearing all teeth. And Olivia's like, he bit me on the back. And I told Molly, because, I mean, we were a siren within the store. Anyone in the store could tell exactly where we were at. (laughs) Never again. My children have ruined Kroger's for me. It's no longer Kroger's. It's that time where the kids acted really bad, and I don't want to go back there. (laughs) So let's move on uh, to verse 8 there. Moses had this awful time. The children of Israel really ruined this spot so much so that he just named it. He's like, the spot where you guys were just awful. And I was frustrated with you. And you tempted God in that place. You were unfaithful. So in verse 8, let's move on. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose for us. Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. You know, as if there wasn't enough problems in Moses' life. And, you know, as if he wasn't dealing with enough in his life. Here comes the Amaleks, stirring up trouble. And, and what, I've, what I've learned through growing up and, and what Scripture is quick to reveal to us is the problems in our lives, the challenges, the Amaleks in our lives are always going to come when we're not wanting them to. The challenges of life are kind of like them automatic ice dispensers at the restaurants. You know, you go there and you press your cup up against it and you hear it. You hear the motor doing something. And it just drops one ice cube out. Then there's a second one. And you're waiting there because you want more than two ice cubes. And so much like our problems, we'll get one, 
two, and then all of a sudden, 300 ice cubes. And you're left there trying to dump them out and get the right amount that you want. And that, that is so life where, okay, I'm going to take on a few of these challenges, but then there's just so many, I'm overwhelmed. So what Moses does is he tells Joshua, he says, you know what? I need you to go out. I need you to choose men for us to take on these, to take on these Amaleks. And tomorrow I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to step to the side and I'm going to go up to the mountain. There in, uh, in verse 10. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And whenever Moses held his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. Now, I don't think it's any coincidence that Joshua was the man that Moses picked out and said, look, I'm going to put you in charge of putting people in my life to help me. And if you, and I learned this through studying that the name Joshua is translated Yeshua, which is also translated in the New Testament as Jesus. And it's so true in our lives that as we go about, God will put certain people in your lives. And he'll say, I'm gonna have these people here in order to help you through your battle. You're not meant to do it alone. That's why we see so many frustrations with people that cannot get plugged into churches. They're trying to play it on, the, on their own. They're not letting God place people in their life. They're not letting God place a church family in their life to help them. You're not meant to do it alone. Joshua, he chose out these men and they were to go and they were to fight the Amaleks. And Moses, he went up to the mountainside away from the battle and he took Aaron and Hur, two of his closest companions. And Moses discovered through this battle that as he raised his hands, the Israelites would prevail. And when he lowered his hands, they would start losing the battle. Not like a sports ritual. I know some of you guys, you'll wear like the same socks every time your favorite team's playing. Or some of you guys have like a jersey you refuse to wash. Throughout the entire season, you're like, it's going to get stale and rank, but it's good luck. It's not like this. God was, this is something more divine than your stinky jersey or your stinky gym socks. God was there. He was using Moses and he was putting this power in place. And that kind of brings me to my first point with Moses taking Aaron and her up to the mountainside in the midst of this battle, in the midst of everything that had just previously happened where he became so frustrated with these people. He chose out Aaron and her, his two closest. And my first point would be, be careful of the people that you let into the lonely places of your life. And so many times in my life, I have been burned because I was unwise in those people that I let in close to me, that I let into the dark parts of my life where I said, look, I need help here. I need you to help me with this struggle. People can often help you, but they can also hurt you as well. So be wise in those people that you bring into the secret, lonely places of your life. Know what their intentions are. In Modified Youth, this past Wednesday, we started a series, and uh, the series is called Death to Selfie. Now, some of you don't know what a selfie is. In case you don't, a selfie is where you take... Now, if you will observe the teens before service starts, you'll see what a selfie is. You'll see it in action. I'm sure. I've seen it this morning. 
It's where you take a camera, more often than not an iPhone, and you'll hold it away, and you smile into it. Sometimes you do a weird face, right? Girls on the front row, come on. I seen you doing this morning. I was trying to get Riley Greenwald to get Frank Taylor in the background of her selfie. She was taking one. Get Frank in there. But we're doing a series called Death the Selfie. And it's where we're talking about trying to be real versus trying to be fake. And in that, in that first series, we talked about Joseph. Now, Joseph made a mistake in his life, and that is where he unwisely chose to tell his brothers his dream. He'd had this dream, and it was what God was dealing with him in his life. And he chose people that hated him, that did not like him, that wanted to see him fail. And it happens to us often enough that we will choose people that are not wanting our best, but they're wanting to see us fall and crumble, people that are wanting to see us destroyed. So we choose these people and we say, here, here's what I'm dealing with. And they shut us down. They're not who Joshua has picked out. They're not those people. Joseph's brothers were not trustworthy. They sold him as a slave. They faked his death. Be willing to let your Christian brothers and sisters, the Aaron and hers of your life, be willing to let them step in and help you when life gets overwhelming because guess what? It will get overwhelming. There will be struggles. There will be battles in your life that you will come across. But be careful who you take to those places. Be careful who you take in the midst of battle to your side. Choose them carefully. The right people will always direct you to, direct you to rest upon the rock. In verse 12 there it says, But Moses' hands grew weary. And so they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. And while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other side, so his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Be intentional of what you rest on in life. Be intentional of what your foundation is. Is it Jesus Christ? Is it the rock of your salvation? Is it something unmovable, something sturdy that you can hold on to? Or is it something that is fickle, that is going to fade away, that is going to fall apart, that is going to crumble the moment you put any sort of weight on it? Be careful of these things. People's lives ruined because they rested themselves upon the wrong thing. And when the times came, it wasn't strong enough to hold them. And the one thing in life that we're told is that Jesus Christ will always be the strong rock there that we can rest on in the time of battle, in the time of need. Some of you, well, I don't get tired. I'm just too tough. Sooner or later, you're going to. That's just how life works. Sooner or later, you're going to get worn down. I've seen athletes do this where they play and they play and they play and they play and they, they never take the warning signs. They don't take the warning signs from their body and then before you know it, they're just blacking out. They just fall right over. No conscious decision to rest. In our lives, we must recognize our need to rest. Yes, you can go and go and go, but sooner or later, you're gonna need to recuperate. You're gonna need to rest a little bit. You're going to need for the Aaron and hers of your life to pull that rock up to you so you can rest and keep working on the battle. Keep seeing a victory. 
This morning, I'm sure some of us would say we have, we have troubles going on in our lives in our, at school. We have troubles that we deal with at school. We have troubles at home that we're facing. We have troubles that we're facing with work, with our relationships. Rest on God. And I don't think it's any coincidence that the, this was the position that Moses had to take. And I've heard Mark say this time and time again, that this is a position of surrender. I'm giving up. I'm letting go of it. God, it's in your hands. I'll let you handle it. God oftentimes, not oftentimes, God will always go into battle for you when you need him. He'll always be there. It might not seem like it. It might seem a little tough. You might seem like you're doing it on your own. He'll always go to battle for you. But here's the flip side of that. He'll go to battle for you, but you may still come out sore. And that is just the cost of fighting. That's the cost of victory sometimes. And from that, we learn. From that, we can talk about our victories. From that, we can be the person that is holding up the arm of the next Moses. And go back and I think about battles and then coming out weary and weak. And I, I can't help but think of the birthing process and how um, painful and weak and, and tiring that can be. And it's more so than I'm told that my tiny pea man brain can understand <laughs> the pain and everything. And I like to give my wife a hard time. I'm like, is it really? Anytime she was pregnant and getting towards the end, she would get on TLC and watch like a birth, I think it's called a birth story or something like that, bringing home baby. And they always showed, they always, you know, try to drum up the drama of it. And you can, you know, hear the lady yelling because she's delivering. And just to see Molly get fired up, I'd be like, it's probably not that bad. <laughs> Why she's got to yell? I'm just kidding now. So don't, don't go home this morning and be like, man, that youth pastor's some chauvinist pig and he's up there. <laughs> like I said, it's probably more pain than what I could ever imagine. I'm told a kidney stone is the same thing and I've never experienced something like that, but intense. When you go into battle, you'll come out sore and like the birthing process, there's all this pain, there's all this anguish, there's this sadness there. But in the end, you are brought joy, you are brought victory, Brought happiness, at least for a while, until that kid gets mobile. <laughs> you can go through the battle and still come out a victor, but you can still feel the effects of the battle afterwards. It's life. There would be some of you this morning that would say, well, Logan, you don't, you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through things that have affected my life. And my response to that would be, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you call upon God, he will meet you there. He will be there in that battle for you. You, we, you know, just at the beginning of this chapter, we see the Israelites and they're just being such big babies and they're crying and they're mad at God and they're shaking their fists at him saying, you're not going to water us. You're not going to take care of us. And then they're griping, they're fighting with each other. They're going against Moses. 
And then the Amaleks came. God went to battle for them. Moses, you're going to feel the effects of this. You're going to feel the hurt. You're going to feel the soreness. And you're going to feel it the next couple days afterwards. But I'm going to give you the victory. Stay there. Keep going. The battles in your life, the challenges, the Amaleks of your life may seem unstoppable. But remember this, Goliath seemed unstoppable until he started to fall down. Nothing is too big for God. And we see there, as they were holding his hands, as Aaron and Hur held up his hands on one side and the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And in verse 13, And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. And then the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And I don't know everyone's situation this morning, but maybe this morning you've been keeping your arms up for a real long time and you've been trying to do it alone and this gets awful tiring after a while. You're trying to go through and you're doing it alone. And if you're doing it alone, I can tell you right now, you're doing it wrong. This is not meant to be a lonely battle. Jesus Christ didn't bring the church into existence so that you would have to live the Christian life alone. Bear ye one another's burdens. Maybe your arms have been up for a real long time and you know what? It sounds awfully good to put them down and just let them rest, get the blood back to the fingers and just give up on that battle and lose it. And if you're thinking that this morning, if you're dealing with something and you're thinking about, I'm going to give up, I'm just going to let it go, life's better off, I can just relax by giving up this battle, and you know that it's God-ordained that you were supposed to win, don't give up. Reach out to someone. Reach out to someone here and say, look, I need some help, I need some prayer, I need something in my life, I need you to help me. Help keep me centered on the rock. Help hold my arms up for a little bit longer so I can get through this. Hold on. Don't give up. You say to God, God, I'm getting so tired. I've been fighting the same battle for a real long time. And what God would say to you is, rest on me. I put people in your life. I picked out people in your life that can help you. Rest on me. I know you're getting tired. I know you're getting hurt. I know the soreness is setting in. Endure just a little bit longer. I can help you. The pain is real. The pain is very real. The soreness, the stiffness is very real. But the struggle is worth it. And you make it out and you make it to victory. And you might, have, you might have an Aaron, you might have a her on, on either side of you, holding you up, getting you through. And you might, you might have a time where you're, you're just so weak. But the victory is definitely worth it. It is always worth it. Joshua, Yeshua, the same name as Jesus. He picked out the people that would give the victory. And God in so many places 
in the Bible, he's picked out people to give victory. You think of Elijah, how lonely he was, and God, God gave him Elisha. He gave Adam Eve. He gave Moses, Aaron, and her. Throughout my life, I've never been at a shortage of people to help me through, and I've, I've lived in, in three different states. And in each state, I've, I've tried my best and, and as quickly as we could to get plugged into a church, to get connected with other believers, because I know that it's not a, a question of if, but it's a question of when. When those storms come into my life, I'm going to need to rely upon my church brothers and sisters, those closest to me. And today, now, I, I go through things that, you know, some people would think, oh, a minister doesn't go through that. You're very wrong. And I have to have someone help me, help me rest upon the rock, help me keep my arms up a little bit longer. Let's all stand and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord. And Lord, the battles are very real, Lord. The struggles, the Amaleks of our life are very real and they're very strong, Lord. And Lord, this morning, I'm praying for those that are facing their own battles. Lord, they're going through hurt. They're feeling the pain. They're feeling the struggle, Lord. And I'm praying for your hand on them. Lord, that they, they would reach out to someone, that they would reach out to someone at this church, Lord, that they would reach out and say, look, I need you to hold out my hands. I need you to get me through this battle. I need you to keep me centered on the rock so that I can rest against that. Lord, I'm not, I'm not that naive to believe that everybody is going about and have a, having a sunshiny day. And Lord, I know there's struggles out there. I know people are dealing with stuff at home. They're dealing with stuff at school. They're dealing with stuff at work, Lord, where they're, they're just dreading going there. They're dreading stepping foot in their own house. And Lord, I, I pray for those people, Lord, Lord, that you would give them the wisdom, Lord, that you'd give them the insight to step forward. Look for help. Find the help that you have placed in their life, the people that you've chosen in their life to help them. And Lord, that they would stay centered on you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.